Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too, because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 Achievers Growing Our Lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. The motivation to get it together came through a series of frustrations. Mm -hmm. And at some point, I was so sick and tired of being mad at myself for the same mistakes over and over and over and over again. I just kind of said like, enough is enough. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Welcome back to the show. Today's guest is Lauren Berger. She is the CEO and founder of internqueen.com, and that reaches over 6 million people. She is also just launched the brand new careerqueen.com. Berger is known as the intern queen because she successfully completed 15 internships at high profile companies like Fox, MTV, and NBC during her four years in college. This led her to successfully launching her own business in 2009 with just $5,000 of her own personal savings. And she's now a thriving company. She's been featured as a keynote speaker at 200 plus colleges, universities, leadership conferences, and entrepreneurship events. She has written three books. Her first book was All Work, No Pay. 
I love that. (laughs) Finding an internship, building your resume, making connections and gaining job experience. And it became a national bestseller. Her second book is Welcome to the Real World. And her third book that is out now is Get It Together, Ditch the Chaos, Do the Work and Design Your Success. And today that's what we're talking about. Get it together and getting it together in the new year. How do we do that? How do we become a person who can actually reach these big goals that we want, even when we don't know where to start? Or maybe we have a thriving business, but we don't know how to pivot or we're missing different things. You guys, this conversation is loaded with so much goodness around achieving your goals. So if you want the breakdown and if you just want to feel like a normal person as you're listening to this, that you can achieve anything, no matter how big and beautiful this resume seems, this woman is the real deal in just another soul sister. So no matter where you're at in your life, whether it's the beginning of something that you want to start, whether you just want to get better at um, something that you're already doing, or whether you want to make these big audacious goals, this conversation is definitely going to help you out. So let's get started. Lauren, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited. Okay. This is so cool when you um, get to finally sit down and talk to somebody who you've been looking at online and you already like them online. Like you, you know, when you have those people <laughs> I know that you're exactly like... exactly what you mean. I oh feel the God. same way. She's like a secret girlfriend and she doesn't even know it yet. Um, <laughs> just because the content and the things that you put out and the things that you're into and just the entire vibe that you have around what you do is so awesome because it's exactly what I love. It's like connecting people and connecting women and really connecting people with their passions. And you and you have like a whole realm of things you do. So first of all, for people who aren't familiar with you, um, I would love to know a bit of your backstory, but if you could just share what you're up to right now as well. Yeah, absolutely. So um, for those unfamiliar, I'm the CEO and founder of a few things. Um, One is the Intern Queen community. So that's internqueen.com, which is a free internship website. That's sort of how I got started in the space. Mm -hmm. Um, We also recently launched careerqueen.com, which is you know, free content and advice for um, men and women who are looking for that next job or trying to get promoted at their job after college. Mm. Um, and then I also run the Intern Queen Campus Agency. So we help brands uh, connect with college students. Mm. And in addition to that, um, I just published my third book, Get It Together, uh, which came out a few weeks ago. And it's Ditch the Chaos, Do the Work, Design Your Success. Mm. Okay. So I love the title of that book because I think it's so fitting for what we're going to talk about today because it is New Year's time. And it is like on everybody's mind, whether you already have an existing life plan or a business or you don't at all, it's getting massively amplified right now. So get it together, getting finally getting it together or really getting it together. Just that applies so much to me even right now, even in the space of already having an existing business. Like there are so many things in my life that I want to get really laser focused on and getting rid of the chaos is one of those really big things for me. It's actually my main focus this year is getting really focused. So let's kind of start and break down what exactly that means and where people start who are kind of just starting out. Because I'll tell you, I would say majority of the people who listen to this podcast want to, they have a really large interest in bettering their lives or they're already starting to take massive action in creating, really moving forward in their purpose. So where does someone like that begin this time of year? Yeah. And I mean, like, first of all, like I hear you. I mean, I've been running Intern Queen now. It'll be 10 years in 2019. And I my life is full of chaos. And I am <laughs> constantly trying to get it together. And I wrote the book. So I think that this is definitely um, content that anyone can digest, whether you have an idea and like you said, want to take action, or maybe you've been taking action for a while and you just need to, like you said, really get focused and zeroed in. Mm. So I definitely think it can speak to, or, or maybe you're in college, right? And just overwhelmed or anxious all the time. So this can definitely speak to your whole audience, regardless of like what step they're in, in that like self-improvement process. Mm. 
But I think the first step is kind of admitting that something's wrong Mm. or maybe not going the way that you want it to and kind of admitting that there could be a better way if you tried. Mm. One thing I learned when writing this book and just talking to so many different people that have different jobs is that we're all really caught up in ourselves these days, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And everyone really is convinced that their day is more important than everyone else's, is more overwhelming than anyone else's, that their to-do list just trumps all, right? Whether it's people that are working multiple jobs saying, well, I'm working 90 hours a week, or you know, people that work in entertainment, which we experience a lot in LA, thinking that you know, their schedule is busier and therefore more important than everyone else's. Like everyone's way too caught up in themselves. So I think a big part of it is just admitting that maybe something's wrong and like maybe, just maybe, there could be a better way. So I think that's the first step. And then the second step is really kind of diving into how you're feeling and kind of, again, really breaking down why you're feeling overwhelmed or stressed or like where the chaos as you said, you know, where is that coming from? So again, it's admitting the problem and then it's really kind of breaking it down. Um, And then once you, once you break down the issues, then we can start to kind of redefine our goals and redefine our schedules and, and grow from there. Oh man, that's okay. So that's such a powerful point. Admitting what's not going the way that you want. Number one, I love how that's worded because it's kind of like, okay, yes, sometimes things are wrong, but also sometimes things when things are right, it can just be not quite feeling maybe how you thought it would feel. So analyzing that because for me, um, if I'm actually doing this with you in real time, it would be like I'm not, my schedule is too full. Like that's admitting like what's wrong. My schedule's too full. I'm saying yes to too many things. And mm-hmm. that's just that in and of itself is a powerful place to begin. So I think some people get really overwhelmed with where to even begin. And like yep. that gives you your first step. I love that. Yeah. And I, I think that like once you kind of admit that to yourself, like the schedule being too full, that's when you kind of have to do two things. You know, one being, I think a great exercise. And I think I have this in um chapter two of the book, which is all... It's called Own Your Day, Clean Up Your Routine, Mm. where I really encourage people. There's actually like a workbook type section where there's just a blank like morning to night schedule. And Mm. it's just kind of, you know, write out your dream scenario. Like, what do you want to be spending your time doing? And I, I can relate to what you're saying. I felt like my days were booked and I felt like I was becoming a slave to my calendar. Like my calendar had me on a leash and I like wouldn't blink. I would just go from thing to thing, to thing, to thing, to thing. And by the, by the time you know it, your day's done, your to-do list is the same. You haven't crossed off anything. You feel unaccomplished, unsuccessful. You freak out to your loved ones and then the (laughs) next day starts. Hi, welcome to my life. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> exactly. So I think it's like writing out what you want that dream schedule to look like. Mm. Um, and then looking at the disconnect. What are you spending your time on now versus, you know, what could you be what could you be spending your time on? And like where's the disconnect and how can you take small steps to try to fix it? Okay. I love that. Let's talk about what some other things blocking around this first step are because I think um, for me, that was so much clarity. I think for people who have busy schedules, that's huge clarity. Now, what about the people who say they're just absolutely not sure, which you kind of touched on like, okay, this is where you should you know, get clear on what you want your schedule to be. Um, but sometimes they're like, okay, that's what I want my schedule to be. But what's the first step to doing that? And then also, how about the people who are and this is a tough one because I just want to give tough love during it. But what about the people who say there's like no motivation there? Yeah. So, okay. So let's break that down. So the first thing you said is, you know, what about the people who like, you know, they, they can write out their ideal schedule, but maybe they don't know where to begin. And again, I think you have to be really honest with yourself and write out how you're spending your time today. And it's funny. I actually, um, I asked someone to do this the other day, a friend of mine, it was like, write out how you're spending your time. And she's like, well, I don't know. And it was like, okay, well, tomorrow morning, like, <laughs> let's keep a notebook with you mm-hmm. and figure it out. Because I think a lot of us don't realize how much time we're sometimes wasting in our day. Yes. Um, you know, everyone's really quick to say, I have no time. But then when you look at how you're actually spending all your hours, you're like, oh, wait a second. Like, I'm, I'm watching oh God, reality yes. shows for four hours every night. You know what I mean? Or like, or you find something, right, in your schedule. 
So I think it's just being really honest with yourself about what's happening in your day now. And this doesn't have to be something you do over the next two months. Like this can be something you do today or tomorrow. Just write down a typical day. And, you know, again, a lot of pushback I get there is like, well, no day is the same. We get it, you know? You're not that special. Just write down your day. <laughs> you know and, you, and we kind um, of are the same. <laughs> like, yeah, like it's, it's fine. so funny. It's At like, the end of the day, down, we are. Right, yeah. Just write down your day. We all have so many excuses. Sometimes I, in my book, I call it shut up and work. Like mm-hmm. just shut up and do it, right? <laughs> and I have to tell myself that sometimes too. I'm, you know, I, I'm guilty of like writing my to-do list and then rewriting it. But oh yeah, me too. Easier, you know, oh it's like, Lauren, just do your stuff. So that's what I would say to the people, um, that are, that are trying to match their schedule, their, their current schedule up with the dream schedule. Mm. And then for the people that are looking for, you know, the motivation, you know, it's a hard question to answer, but I I think for me, the motivation to get it together came through a series of frustrations. Mm -hmm. And at some point I was so sick and tired of being mad at myself for the same mistakes over and over and over and over again, I just kind of said like, enough is enough. I need to get it together. Like how many times am I going to... For me, it was just being sloppy. It was like, okay, Lauren, how many times are you going to lose your ID in New York City and then not be able to get on an airplane Mm -hmm. (laughs) before you figure this out and get it together and organize your bag or get a bag that closes? You know, (laughs) like For me, it was just stop talking about going to the gym and then not going to the gym. Just go to the gym. I was really just kind of... I I call it a self-battle and I I just got tired of it. So I think sometimes the motivation actually comes from the frustration of just being tired um, of, of making the same mistakes again and being tired of feeling a certain way. So many people are guilty of complaining about how busy they are and not doing anything about it. I have so many friends that are like that. And you know, I, I try to motivate them and sometimes I just backfire backfire and annoy them. But I really try to point out like, okay, you're feeling this way again and again and again and again. Like we have to take action. Mm. And it's hard because I can't do it for them. Mm. Oh my gosh. Okay. I just have to quote you on that because that was like one of those moments that I'm like, oh my God, I think that's the quote. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Motivation comes through. It's like allowing yourself to feel the frustration, like sitting in it and being like, are you going to keep doing this? Because this is going to be your life on repeat. Like so often we do things to, that's where, that's the disconnect, right? Is where we don't allow ourselves to really feel the frustration and play it into the future. <laughs> um, and I think that we just, it's like, that's where we numb out. We're like, oh, this is hard. Let's go have some wine. Oh, this is hard. Let's scroll on Instagram. Oh, this is, you know, that's where that frustration, it's like, right. oh, it's almost it like, right. You give up and you go back to scrolling. <laughs> yes. So what is that to, okay. So there's, there's the disconnect, right? Okay. I'm, I'm motivated. Oh, I'm losing motivation. I go and do the old habit because we have plenty of them to fall back on. We have no problem with that. So how do we break that habit to get back into this new habit that we're trying to create? Yeah. So I think it's a couple of things. Um, you know, one of the things is you have to celebrate and really acknowledge the small wins. Mm. And I'm talking about really small wins. Um, I made an Instagram TV video about this the other day, and this is a weird example, but I'm literally staring at some bananas on my kitchen table. So <laughs> I'm going to share this real quick. But like, I mean, I can be such a hot mess sometimes that a couple months ago, my husband was digging through my work bag, trying to help me find something. And all of a sudden he screams and he pulls his hand out of the bag and it's covered in like brown, squishy banana. (laughs) (laughs) But like, so gross. I mean, so gross. And again, the epitome of like not having it together. And I said to myself, there has to be a better solution here. So I start Googling banana storage on Instagram (laughs) or on um, Amazon. And sure enough, there are these plastic banana holders that you can put your banana in so that if your banana goes rotten and you forget it's in your bag, that's not, it's not going to ruin all your stuff. (laughs) So that is an example of like such a small thing, but I use these, I'm like a big banana person. I always have one with me on the go just in case I'm running around. And it's just a little thing that makes me feel so together. And it's, again, Mm. it's about noticing what those small things are in your life that kind of make you happy and really focusing on, okay, like how can I find more techniques like this that just make me feel a little bit more together? 
There's a, a chapter in the book called The Tools, and it's basically um, just a list of some of the different organizational techniques that I use. I mean, nothing extravagant, but I, I literally have pictures of my notebook pages in there. And I have this page that I keep. I love notebooks. So every time I get a fresh notebook, I always write the same things on like the first six pages. And page six is always the happy page. And I, I don't do it every day, you know, but whenever I can, I try to update just small, like the small wins in my day that make mm. me feel good. So if I look at the example of the happy page in the book, it's like gummy bears and froyo, you know, mm. taking a dance class, getting into the office early, not overbooking a day, going to the Backstreet Boys concert in Vegas, you know, mm. these little things. But these are kind of the small wins. And I think literally writing them down is so important because the more you focus on them, the more you're going to want to have more of those things. And, you know, if we can activate these solutions when we're having a bad day, you know, that's really going to help us feel like we have a bit more together. Mm, I mean, I am like so relating to that on so many levels right now. Uh, and I'll tell you why. But number one, don't blame her if you Google banana holder because many things... <laughs> <laughs> Amazon banana storage. <laughs> I can only imagine what's coming up. <laughs> Let's clarify what to search. <laughs> <laughs> and, and number two on the small wins. I literally, okay, so I've been wanting to, I've been frustrated, right? So there's the frustration and I've been feeling this for like six months um, that I've wanted to be more creative because I know me tapping into like me using my hands and being more creative is actually going to serve my life and my business. And I've been really frustrated because I haven't just pulled the trigger, trigger and decided to do something, whether it's pottery class or a blanket, weaving or whatever, knitting or whatever. So like literally this week, Again, I finally ordered the stuff two weeks ago to knit a blanket. I watched a YouTube video and I knit a blanket. And I, for two whole days, I've been walking around like, I'm so proud of myself. Like it's carrying me for so long to celebrate like that tiny, like break away from a pattern yeah. of just being frustrated. So that, and it's, it's serving my whole, it's so crazy because it's even serving like this podcast right now. Cause I'm like so proud that I did something for me and it's making me want to show up even more. Isn't that, it's just, that's what it is. It seems so simple, but it's like yeah. really celebrating those moments where you took the action. Yeah. And you know, I'm sure I could tangent in a lot of different directions here, but like in today's world, you know, we're really, you know, in a world of pink Instagram posts and girl boss and, you know, <laughs> uh, I really think like we're pushed to or encouraged to kind of like be working all the time and to be busy all the time. And we're kind of taught that success is related to how busy you are. And that's really the myth that I want to break through is like your success does not equal how many... Like your your success does not equal the number of tasks on your calendar or the number mm -hmm. of meetings you have that day, right? Mm -hmm. Like it, those two aren't the same, but we've convinced ourselves, we really have that, that those are the same. Even in social settings, you know, the person that has the most plans on the weekend is the most popular or lives the best life. Like that's not true. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really important for us to kind of disassociate those things like success and busyness, like two separate things. And I think it's important for like, yes, you know, I, you and I are both like, we are our work <laughs> in a way. Mm -hmm. And it can be really hard to separate like those identities sometimes. And I think it's important to embrace our hobbies. I mean, I like to play Boggle on my phone every night, like obsessively. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I, I love doing that because it has nothing to do with work. And it's something that it's like stimulating. And I like playing the crazy robot people on the phone. But you know, it's just something that I do that I like that like Lauren likes to do that's not related to intern queen. And I love that. And I think it's important that we feed those hobbies and you know, knit our blankets and play our boggle and that sort of thing. <laughs> okay, boggle. Wasn't that the game that you could actually pop like the dice when it was... Yeah, yeah. You shake up the dice Ugh. and then you have to make the words. I play it on my phone, but like obsessively. I love it. <laughs> oh my God. I remember like the real boggle game. Like that's how Yeah, far, that's yeah. what I do at night to go to bed <laughs> instead of scrolling on Instagram because or I know we haven't kind of gone there yet, but one of my rules for my own sanity is no Instagram in bed. Like oh bed God. and Instagram are not friends. And I do have my phone with me in bed. So it is tempting to press it, but mm -hmm. I don't. 
Um, I've been really good about it. And instead I play Boggle. <laughs> oh my God. That's actually one of my rules too, which we could actually... Let, let's go to like the number two step for people. You kind of did one and two. So admitting what's not going right um, to how you're feeling, why you're feeling that way, like really start getting clear on that. And then what's number... What would you say is number three for people? Like for... I think there can be so many steps that that's where people get overwhelmed. It's like, oh, we think we have to do all of this all at once. Even the people who already have the business or who want to pivot a little bit. Um, how do we start knowing what the goals are? Yeah. So I think... Um, so a couple of things. You know, one, and I always say, as I went through this process of getting it together, which it's it's a learning curve, I'm still trying to figure it out. But I, I realized very quickly that coping with failure was going to be a big theme. And I actually... I, I was going to do a, a chapter in the book on coping with failure towards the end. And then I said, we have to move this towards the beginning because if anyone's going to get it together, they're going to have to deal with failure first. Yes. Because as you get it together or try to hit your goals, you make so many mistakes. <laughs> you mess up constantly. It's just part of it. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be able to cope with failure or rejection or missteps, whatever you want to call it, in a, hel- in a healthy way. Um, I was practicing a lot of like self-hate you know, I just found myself being so tough on myself. And I would just, I would make a mistake and I would just, my brain would turn off. I would go into my anger box and Mm -hmm. it was just really unhealthy. And I I really had to have a serious kind of self pep talk and say, Hey, like if you're going to get from where you are to where you want to be, this is part of the road. Like you got to do a better job of, of embracing that failure. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a big part of it is just realizing and having that moment where you say, okay, like this isn't going to be easy and I am going to have missteps and that's okay. Mm. Oh my, I'm so glad you moved that to the front and that we even moved that to the front of this conversation because it is. I can't even tell you looking back at my journey, like I wish, uh, and I don't wish because I needed to go through it, but if we can make it shorter for other people just on what that actually looks and feels like, because it feels like shit. Like when you get told no, or you know, maybe people write politely that you suck or not so politely or that you're not special or you're not different right. or you know, your stuff is like everybody else's or whatever that looks like what have been some of your no's or turndowns that have brutally like made you feel like you want to quit if you can remember any or stop? Um, and how did you move past them? I mean, I feel like at least two to three times a week. I, I mean, I get rejected every day, multiple times a day. And I, that's, that's also a consequence of, you know, me being someone who's constantly putting myself out there, pitching myself, mm-hmm. pitching my business, pitching my brand. Like when you put yourself out there like that, it's going to happen. And I would say there's at least two or three rejections a week that kind of sting. You know, some of them you don't care, but a lot of them hurt. So in the book, in the coping with failure section, I think I put like, I don't think I named the brand, but I I put pretty much word for word. Um, I put an example of, I do this big intern queen party every year. I've been doing it for eight years now. It's like our signature event series that we do over the summer. And we had a big retail partner for three years. And you know, they it was a really big moment when they said yes, and we had a great relationship and put on great events for them. And I think it was last year, as I was writing the book, I you know went to ask them about 2018, thinking that it would be an instant yes because it'd been so great, and it was a no. Mm. And that email, you know, it hurt. And it's really weird when you think about it that a lot of times the people that make you so happy because they give you a yes. A couple of years later, those are the same people that are telling you no. <laughs> and that's a weird thing to try to cope with. Mm-hmm. So I talk about in the book how I, you know, here I am at my desk trying to have a super productive day and you get this email and it's like a smack in the face. Mm. And then, you know, you have a couple of choices, right? You can either like ruin the rest of your day, which I've definitely done in the past, or like ruin your friends and family's day <laughs> or your husband's day. Or you can take a step away from it, or or you can kind of keep going and Something that I don't do all the time, but when I do activate this, it typically works is just putting it aside, saying, you know what, I don't need to deal with this right now. Like communication does not need to be instant. That is a myth. And like I can get back to this in a few days once I've processed it. And, you know, I really try to just keep the show on the road and like go back to the go back to my plan. My husband calls it stick into the script, right? Mm-hmm. Like you had a plan for your day. Don't let this one rejection email totally take you in a different direction. Just stick to the script, put it in a box and you'll process it later. And sure enough, three days later, when I was in a better space about it, when I wasn't feeling so bitter, I crafted a beautiful email back and I put that email in the book um, Mm. of like exactly what I said back. 
and you know, moved on. So that's an example. Mm, thank you for sharing that. I think that's so important for people to hear. And I just want to touch on people who right now are... Li- there's there's literally some people who are saying, okay, well, she might be better than me at separating like those emotions or business, or I'm way more sensitive than that, or I have more trouble getting through that. And I just want to like bust that, that yes, you may have once felt that way, but you've had to learn how to like... like literally detach your energy from it, separate and move forward, like detach yourself, your identity and your energy. Absolutely. And it's something that I still work on all the time. I mean, I'm sure you can relate like as a business owner, I deal, I work with great people and have great experiences. And then I work with like not so great people and have not so great experiences. And like some of the things that people are capable of shock me in a negative way every day, whether it's Mm -hmm you know, how a vendor handles something or how an employee handles something. Like I have dealt with like, I've dealt with so many different things. And sometimes I'm really strong and I'm like, yeah, look at me go. (laughs) And sometimes I take things really personally, just like everybody else. Mm. And it is, it is really hard to disconnect. But, um, actually something I, I, again, the book's a little bit workbooky, but there is a section where I have people write down a handful of ways that they've dealt with failure successfully in the past. Because again, so much of it is knowing what makes you feel better and then remembering to activate that solution. Like Mm. sometimes I know what makes me feel better, but me actually taking the steps to feel better in that moment of depression, Mm -hmm. you know, that's really difficult. Mm -hmm. So like for me, if I'm home, obviously I can't do this if I'm in the office, but like if I'm home, I know typically that taking a shower, as weird as that sounds, and literally just like washing it off makes me feel better. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I emerge from the shower just in a more calm place. Um, And so like my husband, a lot of times will be like, Lauren, put yourself in the shower. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But again, it's about activating those solutions that you know work for you so that, you know, we can all just try to deal with things in a more positive, healthy way. Oh, I, I, yeah. I'm just over here, like shaking my head the whole time. Cause I've so been there. I'm like, I either need to go jump in the ocean as a reset, like just do something to reset me, like get it off. Or yeah. like you said, like shower is huge for me too. Like it's it just like a, is a reset in your day. Or right. there are some days that are so bad. I'm like, I'm done for the day and I'm just right. going to go to bed early. Right. And right. And that's right. And that's okay. I like, sometimes I'll call my friends and like talk about their babies or something, you know, just like talk about something that is just so not related to work because it's so easy to get, like I said, or like we talked about earlier, it's so easy to get caught up in your own stuff Mm. and just to take that with you to every place you go and with every interaction. And like, who wants to do that? You know, like work is work and sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not so good. And like, Mm -hmm. we all have lives outside of it too. And you know, Mm -hmm. it's important to put it in perspective. Oh man, I love put it in perspective. That's so huge. Cause as big as you need to make it in order to get there, like as much as you need to like lean in and make this like the thing that you want to do and, you know, be so driven by it, you also equally need to be able to be like, and in the grand grand scheme of life and death and, you know, everything else in between, it's kind of like I get to do this, like really being like, I I actually just get to do this. I get to go for my dreams. Like at the end of the day, that's all it is. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's super powerful. So, okay. So coping with failure, that was a huge one. And then moving on after that. So once you're kind of like, okay, I'm out there, I'm moving, um, you know, but now I have these massive goals, but I need to get more organized. Like what do I need next? So the next step is really clearly defining your goals. Now, the problem with this is if I said to a room of people, write down your goals, they would fill a notebook page with like a zillion goals. (laughs) And that's great. But uh, I mean, I think that picking three goals, you can pick them any time of the year you want, but try to stick with them, you know, especially going into, um, you know, especially with New Year's, right? Mm -hmm. Three goals, three New Year's resolutions is perfect. And um, it's great to pick those goals and really hone in on them. And then not just talk about the goal, but talk about the action plan associated with the goal. Mm -hmm. So whether that's a fitness goal, a work goal, a personal goal, and I'm going to talk to my family and friends more goal, whatever that is, like put down your top three goals, know them, memorize them, be able to shout them from the rooftops. And then you have to take the next step, which is to come up with an action plan. Mm -hmm. What are the steps that you need to take every week 
to make sure to make sure that you're achieving that goal. Because if we just say, oh, I, you know, if I said, oh, I want to drive to Vancouver, okay, but like, how am I going to get to Vancouver? I need the roadmap, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what the action plan is going to do. Um, in the book, I talk about the YQMB. My mom actually was telling me the other day, she's like, I really don't like YQMB. Couldn't you have come up with something better, <laughs> mom? <laughs> um, I'm like, geez, mom. But the YQMB, I like it. It's your yearly, quarterly, monthly, and bi-weekly goals. Mm. So it's basically saying, and again, this is perfect timing. It's saying, okay, you know, my goal is to make X amount of money over the course of a year. Okay, that's my yearly goal. Um, and I'm all about putting a number with a goal if possible so that it's really measurable. But okay, so if that's my, if I want to make $100,000 this year, right? That's my yearly goal. Well, then I'm going to break that down into, okay, how much is that every quarter? Mm. How much is that every month? How much is that? I usually do bi-weekly instead of weekly goals. It's just, I think, hard to get a lot of stuff done in a week. Mm-hmm. So okay, in that like 14-day period, what are the steps that I'm going to take to hit these benchmarks. Um, my goal setting chapter in the book is intense. And so I do warn people like, go for it when you're in the mood to you know set your goals. Like mm-hmm. have your cup of coffee, have your notebook ready because it's really detail-oriented. But for me, um, going back to coping with failure, if you're trying really hard to achieve your goal and then you get a rejection, it's very easy to get off path and mm-hmm. off track. And sometimes you'll lose like, five to seven days just being stuck in your own whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think the nice thing about these action plans is it's kind of your roadmap so that when you get lost, just like in the car, (laughs) you know, you can go back to the map and say, okay, like this is what I need to get back to. This is what I need. This is what I need to do to achieve this. Mm. Let's touch on that real quick, like getting off track, because I think that while, you know, goals are super important and having it laid out, like there is that point where having the right people around you or knowing to when to like, okay, I need to process this with a friend. So my comeback rate can be quicker. Like how do you now in your life, when you have something, who do you process with or Or what do you do to kind of be like, okay, I need to get this up and out so that I can move forward on my goals? So that is a good question. Um, I mean, well, I guess the first thing I'll say is that like tweaking your goals is a thing. And even if you have a goal, like for example, we had a revenue goal. I talk about it in the book pretty openly. Um, I'm like such an oversharer here. (laughs) But (laughs) I uh, love overshares. I look back, I'm like, geez, I wrote that? My God. (laughs) But you know, like I had a revenue goal for my business for the year and we didn't hit it. And, or we're not going to hit it. We're going to be way off. But like six months in, unfortunately, after I finished writing the book, you know, six months in, I realized that like, it wasn't like we were off a little bit, we were off a lot. And so I went back and I tweaked that goal. um, Because, you know, we all have the power to do that. And I I think there's like a stretch and then there's a struggle, right? And (laughs) and I I knew what was, I knew what could happen and what couldn't. I didn't think it was healthy for me to live with like some sort of unrealistic expectation for six months. So I tweaked the goal. And so I do want to say that like tweaking your goal is okay. And like being realistic with what you can do and what you can't do is a thing. And that is okay. For me, I mean, I'm really the one that holds myself accountable. Like whenever I have a new notebook, which is usually like every six weeks or so, like the first six pages, that's where I write down these goals. And I write them down again and again and again. And it's the same three goals. And maybe they're tweaked a little bit or the numbers are are a little bit different. But um, I make sure that I'm always updating those pages. And that way I'm always reminding myself of what those goals are. Um, We actually just hired an intern queen, like an operations manager, because, um, you know, as you know, as you expand and scale and grow, like, processes are so important. Um, We still don't have an HR person. So she's handling a lot lot of HR duties. And it's going to really be her job to work with me on the benchmarks for each team member and then meet with each team member like bi-weekly to make sure that they're on track to hit their goals. And if they're not, you know, let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. So I, I actually said to her yesterday... We were having a planning call. I was like, well, I want to play too. Like, I'm going to write down my benchmark so that you can help hold me accountable. You know, I want to take advantage of that for sure. Mm. Um, love some good old accountability coaching when you can get it. Uh, but other than that, you know, it's 
you know, it's really me holding myself accountable. Mm. So you do have like great people around you. It sounds like that you can kind of uh, check in with or do you process with your husband when things go wrong? Like who who are you? Who are you oh, kind of like, oh, yeah. shit, when oh, thing, things hit guy. the fan? <laughs> <laughs> poor guy. Yes. Um, my husband is also an entrepreneur. So yeah, totally. He knows uh, we've been together for like eight years and he knows everything about the business, what goes wrong, what goes right. And poor guy, you know, he doesn't always get it in the most professional way. So <laughs> yeah, I, I find that like, I find as an entrepreneur, it's so important to at least have one person that you can talk about, like how you're talking about coping with the failures that you can talk about that. So they can kind of like, cause there are those moments, man, when you are just like, you need to be scraped off the ground. Like someone needs to be like, okay, let's, <laughs> it's not that bad. Like, let's really talk about this and get you back up because otherwise you can kind of, like you said, sometimes you can lose, you can lose seven days. There've been times I've lost a month, you know? Cause you're like, yeah. oh my God, like in the beginning phases, you can just be put down for so long thinking that you're not good or you're not meant for this. If you don't have those people who are like, remember who you are. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, outside of my team members at work, I, for whatever reason, all of my friends are extremely opinionated. And I'm one of those people that has like, you know, maybe no new friends, but all the old friends have been around for 20 years. Yep. So they're all extremely opinionated. So whenever I need a little bit of a confidence boost, you know, they're like, they give a lot of tough love. Like, mm. Stop complaining, get over it, move on to the next. My mom is kind of like that also. So that I, I agree. It definitely helps to have um to have those people around you. And my husband and I have to go back and forth between like, okay, I'm putting on my wife hat. Oh, I'm putting on my business hat. Because, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, in, in a lot of ways, it's two different tones. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. But uh, so that's what I, I want to point that out because some people don't have that around them. So it's game changing yeah. for people because it sounds like everything that you've said, like your comeback rate has been pretty fast. For people who don't have that yet, I always try to like remind them of what happens when someone's like tough love or, you know, helps them get back compared to like, oh yeah, it's scary to go for your dreams or, oh, this sucks and people are awful or social media is a scary place or, oh yeah, people will attack you if you do that. Like, yeah, you're not going to want to go after your goals anymore if people are confirming like, right. yeah, it's scary and hard. So absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I was going to say, I mean, uh, something that I've learned along the way is like vent to the right people. And you know, yeah, you're going to make mistakes. You're not always going to know who those people are, but like for example, for me, if I have a if I have something happen and it's very business oriented, I can certainly tell my best friend about it. But she works in a completely different industry, completely different lifestyle. Like, is she real? Like, she can be um, compassionate, you know, or like you said, she can give me tough love, whatever, and try to you know give me whatever advice comes to mind. But I like to call some of I have two really close friends that both run their own businesses. And I really like calling them when certain things happen because the odds are they've also been through it. Mm. And so I find that the conversations are a little bit more productive. And you know, sometimes it's annoying to like call your mom and she's like, next. And you, you do just <laughs> want to vent about the problem. So I do think um, it's about venting to the right people. And over time, you kind of figure out who those people are. I always say like, I have a pool of people and they didn't, they weren't there right away, but I have a pool of people and I call them like my confidence people, mm. meaning that if I'm feeling down and like, I just need a good old fashioned dose of confidence, there's certain people that I call because they're so overconfident and I just like want a piece of it. Right. Mm. And it's, it's surprising who those people can be. Like I have a family friend who I've known for forever who very recently at a family dinner, we've probably known each other for 30 years, we randomly started talking about work stuff. And he really just gave me great advice and made me feel more confident. And all of a sudden, he's one of my confidence people. I call him. So I think that sometimes the right people pop up from unexpected places. Oh my God. I love that. That is like priceless advice. Learn to vent to the right people. So, I mean, that is like... Uh, it's like a do or die situation. It is. There are those moments in life where when you're already down or you're low or you're sensitive, like be super aware of who you're talking to. Just like mm -hmm. if you had problems with your husband and it was like, oh, we are hit or miss right now. You don't want to go talk to that person who is like anti couples. Exactly. <laughs> right, right, right. Like you're not yeah. going to be a couple. You will be out with them that night. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, like just being overly aware. Okay, amazing. All right, so getting super clear on your goals. So what would you say is number five? Like the bow of like, okay, so here we are. We have our goals. We're, we know how, what happens if we get off course? What is kind of the, what are we, yeah, what, what so step are next we missing? I would say, you know, next it's time to, I, I mentioned this earlier, but like shut up and work. Like mm-hmm. at some point, and I... I talk about at the beginning of the book, I have these 17 guiding principles for getting it together. And one of the guiding principles is stop getting ready to get ready. Mm. Stop getting ready to get ready. And it just means like at some point we can all make our goals. And then again, if you're like me, you stall and you write them prettier and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) At some point, you just got to put your head down. You got to shut up and you got to do the work. And that means finding your focus zone and making sure that you know, whatever environment you're putting yourself in is getting you the results that you need. I talk to so many people who just sit at work all day and then they leave work and they feel unaccomplished. And I was like that too. I would work eight hours a day and then I would come home and have this huge to-do list. And I was like, wait a second. Like the way that I work is not working because I'm not getting anything done. And for me, and I know this, this actually, Laura, you can probably relate to this, but for me, the problem was I would have this long to-do list every day, but then I'd be booked on calls and meetings every day. Mm-hmm. And I said, wait a second, how am I going to get any of the to-do list items done if they're not wedged into my calendar? Otherwise, I just go to work, I do my calls and meetings, I come home, the to-do list still lives on. right? Mm-hmm. So for me, it was a matter of decluttering the calendar and not being afraid of pushing things out a bit. And I, you can't do everything from your to-do list, but taking the top three things that are the most urgent or important and blocking time for those into my calendar so that at the end of the workday, I could actually say, oh, I accomplished the most important things. And I like doing those as early in the day as possible. Mm. Um, because having that sense of accomplishment when you leave the office is important. I think so many people don't feel accomplished when they leave the office. And that's what leads to feeling overwhelmed and feeling stressed and starting to take it out on the wrong people and starting to get your priorities confused between, you know, family events and work events and, you know, the list mm. goes on. Oh my God. That's so powerful because I, I totally relate. It's so easy for people. I think especially with um, whether you have a business and you're, you know, a lot of our businesses are on social media. It's easy to think like, well, I'm doing content or I'm doing um, a podcast with someone or I'm getting my stuff out there. Like, but by four o'clock, you've done like all these different things that don't actually move the needle forward. Like, yes, you've talked a lot and you've talked about your business and you put stuff out, but you're like not actually doing the stuff that really pushes it forward. So, and also knowing like, if I don't feel accomplished by four o'clock, I've already just killed my day because my energy is I feel the same way. (laughs) Yep. So like put those things, like the interviews or the things for social, like in the evening and put the big things, like you said, I love that. Like know your, know where your willpower is, like get really self-aware with the willpower. And I know that you talk about self-awareness too a lot, but yeah. Yeah, well, what's absolutely. something about self-awareness um, with that around that with your schedule? At the end of the day, we all sort of know ourselves and we know where we're strong and we know when we're weak and we know when we work best and the environment that we work best in and it's just catering to that. Mm. Like if you know you're not going to go to the gym after 12 in the afternoon, then like go to the gym in the morning, you know, stop you're only fooling yourself at some point. Mm-hmm. Um if you know that like me, I mean, I had this like really just intense contract like template that I had to put together for like a you know for a potential client earlier this morning and like I'd been putting it off for three days. I did not want to do it, but I knew if I didn't do it first thing this morning with like my fresh cup of coffee, it just would have continued to get pushed off. Mm. So I think a little bit of or a lot of it is really just knowing yourself and and being real with yourself and saying, okay, like no need to lie to myself here. If I don't do this now, I'm never going to do it. And Typically, starting with the stuff you don't want to start with. Um, mm. You know, there's so many other tips I could bring in there. Like, don't start your day with your email. Start mm-hmm. with your to-do list because sometimes they're aligned, but a lot of times they're not. Mm-hmm. And we could all sit on email all day long and still get nothing done. Mm. You know, instead of answering other people's requests all day, get the things on your to-do list done, and then you'll go to the emails. Um, and also, just managing people's expectations. They don't need to hear from you mm-hmm. right away. Mm-hmm. Like, they just don't. <laughs> And until we can all believe that, you know, (laughs) we're going to continue to be super stressed because this whole instant communication thing is just not, it's not real. It's not a real expectation. You can't get back to everybody the second they text, email, or Facebook you. 
And you can't get back to everyone, period. That's like... Exactly, you know. right. And some things you're just not going to get back to and that's okay. Mm-hmm. You and know? you're going to disappoint people and piss them off and yeah. that's okay. <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the, and that, and w- that whole thing you just said could be like an actual part two of just... And you don't have to please everyone. <laughs> and that's how you're going to get your stuff done. Totally. Like some people will be like, well, I emailed you and I'll be like, well, did you follow up? Because if you didn't, then I don't know. I mean, we all get so many emails every day. Who knows? Like, did you pick up the phone? Did you call me? I don't know. (laughs) So I really just tried to like, let go a little bit. And like you said, kind of admit that I'm not perfect. I can't answer every single email all the time. You know, we all have our own schedules and our own priorities and just got to try, you know, you do what you can. Hmm. That's so powerful. That's been that's been a huge one for me is realizing other people's agenda and then the agenda that I'm here to actually like live out or live into my purpose. Right. And it's, right. And sometimes they match up and sometimes yeah. they don't. Um, yes. But yeah. And then I would say like the the maybe one of the final things is like di- being okay with disconnection. Mm. Um, and that's been a big thing for me over the past few months, I uh, took my work email off my phone mm. in right after Labor Day in September. So it's been off for, for a few months now. And a lot of people give me a lot of guilt about that. Like, how could you be the CEO of a business and have team members and not always be connected? But I think that by disconnecting in that way and by only doing emails when I am being intentional with my time and saying, I am doing emails now... I think I'm actually better at my job. It's just, again, it's being intentional with the way you spend your time. It's, you know, me half emailing from the treadmill isn't helping me. And I don't think the person on the other end is getting a complete response anyways. Mm. You know, I think I'm also better to, better able to process rejection when I'm intentionally sitting at my computer and answering emails and not just like scrolling with the scroll finger mm. um, before I go to bed and then seeing something annoying that's going to keep me up all night. So, oh, yeah. and, and I know that um, right now, especially if you work for somebody else and they've made this crazy expectation for you that you're always connected, yada, yada, I get it. It's almost like a vanity thing at this point. But I do think it's important for everybody to ask themselves what they can do to disconnect. So mm-hmm. quick example, my brother is a consultant at one of the biggest consultant firms there is, as far as I know. And he's in New York City. And... Um, he has implemented two hours of disconnection a day, one during work. And obviously it's not at the same time every day. He has meetings and calls and all that, but he looks at his schedule and he says, okay, when can I shut off my phone for an hour so that I can really focus on whatever he wants to focus on? And then he also does it for an hour a day at home. He's guilty of like the crazy group text with friends nonstop. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he disconnects. And you know, by doing that, he's discovered all these new hobbies. He's now like really passionate about crossword puzzles. But, you know, it's just him getting some time for himself that he never really had before. Mm. And, you know, maybe it's just leaving your ho- your phone at home when you go to Sunday brunch or when you go for a walk. But like, what is that small thing that you can do to embrace disconnection? Because I do believe it'll actually fuel you mm-hmm. and it'll help you be better at whatever you're trying to accomplish. Um, that is like number one, like the best way to close this out. And also just maybe one of the most important things, because I, I will tell you, I've implemented so much of that now that I just, I turn my phone off or I don't take it with me out a lot. And I will say that my anxiety is probably like 70% less. I used to live like so anxious and I didn't even, I knew I was anxious, but I didn't know how anxious until I became less anxious. I just thought it was yeah. like my way of being. I was like, no, I'm an anxious person. And now I'm like, no, you're a really freaking peaceful, happy person. Like when you are not constantly feeling like being pulled or judged or at any given moment, like someone could, you know what it it, it feels like as a, and I'm sure you can relate to this, like you can be having this great time with your friends or family and all of a sudden you can, like you kind of said, like that email can upset you and it robs you of your day or your moment. Oh yeah. No more of that. No more. No. (laughs) Yeah. And we've all been there. We've all been at like the wedding where someone in the bridal party gets that text and they have to go outside and they're awkwardly outside for an hour or you're at brunch and like <laughs> someone checks their email and then they're silent and in their work hole. Yep. And, you know, I guess the other thing I'll say is that think about the healthy boundaries that you can set with mm-hmm. your boss. Mm-hmm. You know, we had um, someone on our team 
had said, you know, I'd really appreciate it if I didn't get any texts before 8.30 in the morning. And I think at first it was kind of like, ooh. But then, you know, I really said like, wow, this is really great. You know, she is trying to set a healthy boundary for herself. Mm -hmm. And and I really respect that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for all of us to think about like what those boundaries can be. You know, a lot of people say, well, if I could just have 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. to be with my kid after work, Mm-hmm. I'll answer emails whenever, whenever else, right? But during that time, I just want to be home with my kid or, you know, whatever that thing is for you. Maybe it's like, I just want to hike every Saturday. I want to go on my two hour hike and I want to be free to rock out to my headphones and then I'll get back to work. Mm-hmm. You know, but just figure out what that disconnection moment is for you and practice setting healthy boundaries. And I do believe, I know it's not here yet, but all of us that are sitting at the top, all of these employers, not just of small businesses like mine, but of big organizations, they're really going to have to rethink what the expectation that they're setting because it is a trickle-down effect. Mm-hmm. you know. And I do think that they're going to start to to pull back because mm-hmm. they're going to have to. I mean, people are just going to explode, right? And people want time for themselves. Yeah. It's, not, you know, it's not a race to be the busiest mm-hmm. person on the planet. So... You have to. I, I I literally I've experienced that firsthand, like for myself and for uh, from being an employer. Like, you know, having the expectation of former employees um, or assistants always like having their phone on. And while I didn't abuse it, I did notice that they didn't really feel totally off ever because they felt like they had to always check it or make sure they weren't missing something. And now it's like literally having set hours for them, knowing that there might be times I may not be able to get a hold of them. And I just deal with that or it goes somewhere else or it goes into an emergency type of thing. So, um, but that's been really powerful because there's so much like my, this new set of employees is like so much happier the last two years. And I can tell it's because of those things that we've implemented and they work harder. They're happier. They work harder when they're here. Um, it's a way more fun culture because they can go and detach and they have a separate life. And it's just like, it is paid off tenfold. So we've had to switch the way we work. And that means switching the way that we talk to our customers and setting the expectation from the beginning so that we can keep mm-hmm. that culture because they feel it. Absolutely. And I think so many other organizations are going to have to they're going to have to, like, they're going to have to replicate that even really large organizations, because what employees want is changing and employers, you know, are going to have to adapt. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a great, you know, standard to set. Mm. Well, I have so thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and like loved every minute of it. it was powerful for me, someone who already is, you know, doing exactly what they want to be doing. Like I feel very clear. I know the people who maybe haven't started are probably so excited to start because it's really just, it's one, one thing at a time. And I, we're all the same. We all struggle with the same stuff. So we need your book though, because we're going to forget. So where can we grab your book? Yeah. So Get It Together is available um, on Amazon. And then it should also be at any major bookstore. Um, So definitely uh, check it out. And then I have internqueen.com, careerqueen.com. And then I have three Instagrams, which is bizarre. But uh, at internqueen, if you're in college, um, at officialcareerqueen, if you're out of college and and doing your own thing and trying to figure things out. And then I also have my own, which is um, official Lauren Berger. Mm, amazing. And we will make sure that we tag all of those in our posts and also uh, put them in the show notes and everything. So you guys, this is like the world's most perfect New Year's book. Get it for a friend who maybe is thinking about starting or has already started. Maybe you guys could do it together because you guys know I'm all about doing books together. That would be like the perfect book club book for an entrepreneurial person or goal-oriented person. So Lauren, I'm so grateful for you. Thank you again for coming on the show. And I always end on one last question. Are you ready? I'm ready and I don't know the question. Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> Ruh-roh. Okay, so it's it's easy. Just whatever first comes comes out of your mouth. So, so you are in an elevator with someone. It's literally just a 30-second ride. It's like two floors. And they look over at you. It's a total stranger. And they ask you, how can I make myself happy? What do you say? I think I would say, do you? Mm-hmm. I mean, in it, this year, anything is possible. People are 
you know, really, really following their passions this year. And like, look at me, I'm the intern queen. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can do anything that you want to want to do. So just do you and, and go find that happy. Mm, I love that so much. And you guys, if you love this conversation as much as I did, and if you know someone who needs it, please make sure you go give this to a friend, gift it to a friend, text it to a friend. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye everyone. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought and honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement, and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal, and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time, and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't, and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our lives. It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthdate.com slash Lori. Hey, I know if you're listening to this podcast that you have big dreams and big goals. And one of the things that can really stop you is struggling with your marketing. Trust me, I have been there. Are you using 10 different systems just to build your online business? Then I want you to try Kajabi. Kajabi helps you build your web pages, set up funnels, and sell your courses, content, coaching, or communities. You've been hearing me talk a lot about funnels on this podcast and the importance of your email list. You can get a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com. I've talked about Kajabi before, but here's something that's super cool and new. They just rolled out an AI assistant for creating your online course curriculum. And this means you just type in a topic that you want to create on a course or webinar and bam, it just generates a sample outline for you. It takes a ton of the hard work away. Of course, you're going to customize it to be your own, but this really helps you get over the struggle of how in the world to start 
which is where most people stop. If you're like me, starting is always the hardest part, and that's what makes Kajabi so popular. They've made it easier for creators to build web pages, build courses, build coaching programs, build membership sites, build checkout pages, and build email funnels. So if you're struggling with any of those, you got to go check it out. Go to kajabi.com. Kajabi was really the first all-in-one system and is trusted by over 100,000 creators. I think that's good enough for me. Also as influencers and marketers who use this. And now their smart AI platform makes it easy to take what you know and turn it into an online course and business. Go start building with a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com. Hey, do you know what the big secret is this year? And it shouldn't be a secret because this should be your biggest focus. It is building your community. I am always working on building and nurturing my community and everyone is talking about the power of community. Without an online community, you just cannot grow organically or create a real movement, which is what I know that we're all after. And you can build trust or monetize your audience. When you get community right, not only does your audience grow faster, but so do your sales. But where's everybody going to be managing their communities these days? And a lot of online entrepreneurs and thought leaders are turning to Circle.so. Circle is an all-in-one community platform. It lets you host content and create discussions, live streams, group chats, and memberships all under your own brand. And what's so cool about Circle.so is that you don't even need a website or Facebook group. Instead, Circle lets you build your own community site where you can host content and manage your members. You can even create locked and unlocked content spaces, groups, and classes. How freaking cool is that? You can put your content behind a paywall too, and you can charge different amounts of money for different spaces on your community site. Circle.so is famously easy to use, and it has a free 14-day trial for you, so you can go check it out, see if you like it, see if you love all the options. Just go to circle.so. Go check it out right now, you guys. Imagine being able to manage your community, start group chats and live classes, and accept payments all in one place. Kind of mind-blowing since this is usually spread all over the place. You have to log into so many different things. If this is the year to capture, organize, and monetize your community, head over to circle.so. You can get a free trial and start building your online community right now. Just go to circle.so. You guys, you get the 14-day free trial. So just go and see if it's for you. It's going to streamline everything and make your life so much easier. It's so freaking cool.